This episode of Open Mic is sponsored by the O'Neill Group, an HR management and consulting firm. Visit O'NeillGroup.com for more information. View their website link in the episode description. Now, back to the show. Everybody, welcome to Open Mic, where we bring music industry professionals to speak candidly about their experience in the music industry. Today, I'm here with four special guests. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, my name is Kiri Alanis, and I'm an artist from here in Dayton. I'm Justina Clear. I'm, I'm an artist out of Dayton, Ohio. I typically do R&B, pop, and hip hop, but I like to branch out as well. My name is Luck the Artist. I've been making music since I was 10 years old, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, rap, hip-hop. Uh, Two Fly Trey, Tremaine Johnson. Um, I started rapping about a year ago. Um, I'm just trying to get better with this. I'm undefinable with the genres. It depends on the beat, you know what I'm saying, the producer, you know what I'm saying, I'm very open. I can get on any beat. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to learn something. All right, y'all, so this is how it's going to work. The first person will pick from the deck of cards that we have, read the question, Flip the timer and we'll get three minutes to answer each question. So you'll answer the question first and then we'll all kind of chime in. Um, and then we'll do that until everyone's had their turn. So you guys ready? What catches your ear first? Lyrics, beat, or melody? Me personally, melody. I think that lyrics come second. Uh, in my opinion, in all genres, other people might look at it differently. And lyrics can be a turnoff for me, but not as much as the music, right? So not as much as the beat, the instrumental, or the melody. I can, I can sit through a song that I might not love the lyrics of if I love the beat and if I love the melody. Yeah. It's worth it to me because there's, th there's something to hear there. And as a musician, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. Multi and I want to hear what the producer was trying to get across. So there might be something really good there, even though the lyrical content might not be what I was going for. Um, but I can still enjoy, enjoy a song for the music of it. So I'll say lyrics personally. That's real. I feel like this generation with the music is basic melody, you know what I'm saying? If you can harmonize, you want, you know what I'm saying? You harmonize with the beat you want. That's the game I'm not with, you know what I'm saying? I, just, I respect the melody, but you gotta be talking about something in your music, you know what I'm saying? If you're not talking about nothing with your music, or if you're not telling the truth in your music, that's what's going on. People trying to portray an image, you know what I'm saying? That's why I consider myself undefinable, because when you just put just rapper, you know what I'm saying? People gonna give you that eye, like, okay, he trying to be this, you know what I'm saying? He a gangster rapper, that's just the image that's out. So it's like, I don't like to go by rapper, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to lyrics and melody, first thing I look at is the beat, you know what I'm saying? That's the first thing I look at. I don't care about the lyrics, the melody, nothing. If the beat is not good, I'm not listening to your song, you know what I'm saying? So I gotta like the beat. And then once the beat goes, then comes the melody. Okay, do I like your voice with the beat? You know what I'm saying? If I like your voice with the beat, okay, we talking about something. Now is your lyrics legit? You know what I'm saying? Do I like your lyrics? You know what I'm saying? That's what it comes to with a good song. You know? For me, it's the beat. I don't, I recognize myself. I don't know the lyrics to anything anymore. I really know the beat and I know the little, I don't know the terms, but I know like the little pieces. I really love a violin and a beat. Like Kanye West uses a lot of violins. Like for me, like I just love a good violin. So beat for me. Yeah, I, I would say, I would chime in and say it's the beat also, you know, 
the beat just sets the tone. It's the first thing you hear, you you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and if you hear a beat and it's not that great, and it's not an artist that you're familiar with, it might scare you away. Mm -hmm. um, I think the beat is the first thing. I also agree that the melody is the second thing because melodies that get caught in your head all day, you'll be humming. It'll be a song you don't even like and it just be stuck in your head. But really, I think that's very important in music because you can have the greatest lyrics of all time, but if your music is not infectious, if that, that melody is not catching you, where's the replay value, yeah. you know? And that's where a lot of lyricists go bad, like, you know what I'm saying, J. Cole, they all still get love, J. Cole, Nas, Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying, they still get love, but on the younger scale for this generation, they don't get as much love as because the melody, you know what I'm saying, they just got good lyrics. You yeah, know if you don't sing, how can you yeah. make sure that someone is going to exactly do what you think and what you feel? Right, you gotta have some type of soul, they don't just want words, you know, and they want you to harmonize in today's society with music. Okay. Well, what do y'all think? What catches your attention first? The beat, the melody, or the lyrics? Okay, good. Do you view making music in genres that are popular in specific cultures as appropriation? For example, Drake making reggae music, Lil Wayne making rock music, etc. So I think that is a very fine line you have to walk. And as a, a white artist, in the genres that I like to make, I have to be aware of that and I have to tread lightly because I do not want to come off disrespectful and I'm aware that there's things that I'm not knowledgeable of and that there's still things that I need to learn and I want to learn those things. But the only way I can learn those things is being aware of this specific thing that is real. Like there, I've seen plenty of people that I know personally cross that line it's like oh, you need to rethink that maybe a little bit like that's you need to know what your music is coming from you have to be aware of your roots in order to bear good fruit in your music you have to be aware of the roots of that so i think it's a fine line i think when you do come out of it as a place of respect and being like you know what i know i'm an outsider but this is the music that i did grow up on this is the music that i grew up on this is what i'm good at this is what god made me to do anyone has to respect that you feel me like this is what this is just who i am i can't this is what i do like i know that it's i'm an outsider but at the same time it's in my soul so i have to honor that yeah rihanna trains drake's life you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's where i believe the undefinable comes in with me because i feel like you know what i'm saying if you like the beat go with it you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. if they get on a reggae beat go do it you know what i'm saying i feel like if you put yourself in a box you're limiting your potential Cause I don't, I wouldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm very open. I will hop on a reggae, a reggae beat. As I get more of a fan base, you know what I'm saying? I'm making music for all ages. You know what I'm saying? From the what's the little shark for the kids? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going from every, you know what I'm saying? Every age for the older people who like the old swag, like Jay Z. Like I can switch it up. You know what I'm saying? Just that's how you get the world. You know what I'm saying? That's how you get real fans. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just being in a little box, little corner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely feel as if like. It's very, it's a fine line. And, and you know, I feel like, honestly, just me watching a Drake, like I know he just loves music. Like he's, a, like he's tapped in with every kind of genre. Like some people might see it as capitalizing, you know, off of, you know, lesser known artists. But I mean, I see the other side of it, but I understand other people's perspectives. Cause me, I, me personally, I rap on anything as well. You know, I got songs that sound like they could fit on 99.9. .9. If you're not familiar with Dayton, that's a pop station. And then 102.9, and I can rap fast, slow, soft, hard. So. <laughs>
And I think you have to be true to who you are as a, as a human being outside of the music. Mm -hmm. Like, I can hop on a reggae beat, but you're not going to hear me do an accent because that's yeah, not who yeah, I am. Yeah, that, there's a fine line. Like, you can yeah, appreciate true. without appropriating. You don't mm -hmm. try to be something that you're not. That's Honor true. what it is by being who you are. I'll say, I'll really? say that uh, me being half Mexican, I'm Mexican-American. I've heard artists like Justin Bieber, you know, do the Spanish music right. do, mm -hmm. and doing the reggae mm -hmm. tone. And it, it is what it is because I can appreciate art for art. Right. And okay. I, I appreciate everything that you guys said on this topic. And I agree with you guys that mm -hmm. if you feel it in your heart, you know, don't go to the extent where you step on toes and you're just yeah. acting ridiculous because nobody really wants to be a part of that. But I think that if you feel it, that you need to express it because everybody is unique. Everybody's unique. Real quick, because uh, I know we're out of time, but is there, do you guys have any examples of appropriation that you kind of like have seen or you guys are like all across the board, anytime it's been done, it's all in respect? At times it's like, you know, I see someone making Nigerian music and I'll be like, hmm, now are you paying homage, you know? Have you performed there yet, you know? What are you doing, like are you, are you using this to kind of like make a point or are you really like doing this to give give those artists exposure? Because people are going to kind of like ignore those artists and look at you, you know, you know, I don't know how to really get those words out, but. How about Tom McDonald? He makes songs that are like racially fueled. And so without criticizing or being a hater, I just think that that type of a persona in the world kind of stirs the pot mm -hmm. in a way that makes people upset, I would, I would think. I think, and I don't like hopping on, I don't hop on bandwagons, but I feel like Takashi like mm -hmm. appropriates yes. and just makes it nasty Gosh. and it just yeah. shouldn't, like that's not art, that's someone trying oh, yeah. to capitalizing like on a culture, that's appropriation. If you're capitalizing without bringing that culture along with you, yeah. that's appropriation. Now if I'm, if I'm because I'm in R&B music, I try to go out of my way to lift up other female artists, to lift up black female artists because I know what I'm doing out here and I know it's gonna be easier for me to get recognized. Mm -hmm. I already know that because of my skin tone. I'm more palatable technically on a wide scale. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of that and I'm not about that. So I'm gonna project those other women alongside me because that's what you do when you're aware of that. Period. All right, Lucky, flip that cord. She'll oh, turn. It's my turn huh? <laughs> mm -hmm. If you had $100,000, how would you invest it into your music career? That's a perfect question to ask me. Let me put that over there. So me personally, um, I know that with music, a lot, of, um, a lot of it is cutting through. Everyone is, everyone is doing this right now. You can make a hit on your cell phone and really it's just about how do I cut through? Because I've seen ads on the internet and it's like, I constantly see it. And you kind of see it, but don't notice it until like the 50th time. And you're like, what is this? Let me click on this. You have to spend money on advertisements. You have to be seen. I need a million of these pressed out, you know? I need them to look better than this, you know? So it's about getting your name out there. I would be traveling, doing workshops in other cities. It's just different stuff like that. Traveling and doing whatever, just being visible like, so that would be, a lot of that would go towards that. And, you know, I would probably make sure I was, you know, kind of straight job-wise, family-wise, whatever. That way I could afford to spend more time in the music. I would definitely buy top-tier equipment, you know. Things of that nature. I wouldn't spend it all, though. Yeah, definitely. See, me with the 100K, um, most definitely I would 
put something to the side, you know what I'm saying, depending on if this was just 100K, plus I had more for living purposes, or if this is just 100K for living and for the music, you know what I'm saying? But as far as just for the music, uh, I would most definitely get the top tier equipment, you know what I'm saying? Um, make sure I got the high level mixing mastering, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have that promotion, that's true. You can't just make good music, you know what I'm saying? You gotta get it out there, you know what I'm saying? You gotta put it in people's face, you know what I'm saying? That costs a lot of money, you gotta travel, you know what I'm saying? Especially. I don't chase record deals because, like I said, I'm a believer with the Illuminati, so I prefer to stay independent. So when you try to go to big cities to get promoted, you know what I'm saying, that's where that type problem comes in, and that costs way more money to get a, a, a record deal, you know what I'm saying, you can spend a label. A day yeah, you know what I'm saying, to get their attention, you know what I'm saying, you're going to really spend that check, you know what I'm saying, so, but I almost definitely budget it and just, you know what I'm saying, do little stuff from here and there, just like stuff like this. If they had stuff like this on a higher scale, you know, just pay a little 2000 or something, you know what I'm saying, they got 10,000 fans, you know, just a little stuff like that, dude. just pick at it, you know what I'm saying, just take your time, not running through the whole 100K. Yeah, you know, and uh, I want to add to what you guys said. I would certainly invest in top-notch equipment because in addition to being an artist, I'm also a sound engineer. And I've gone to school to learn, and I've been in the field now doing it for a, a, a few years now as an apprentice. And I'm passionate about that. So I'd say when I'm on my off-season, not necessarily pushing myself as an artist, I would love to get out there and just do the most quality uh, sound for other artists and let that be my job or let that be my part-time career. That's what I would do with $100,000 uh, because I think that's money that will make me money. And I want to make money that makes me money. I don't want to just spend money right out the door. Especially as an engineer, you can flip it quick. Also, relationships are so important to me. And in this business, I think that I'd rather make a relationship with smaller people and just do smaller deals than to go for something big mm -hmm. with people that I don't know. People forget about the money in between that big jackpot. There's so yes. much money in between, so like dollars. here and there. Yeah. So I like that. Did you want to answer that? Um, I would be very specific with my money. I would put 30000 away in savings. I would put 10000 into stocks and bonds and real estate. <laughs> and then I would buy a travel van, just a small little four or five person van. And then I would get a hire on a full-time publicist, and I would use that thirty thousand as a replacement for my salary and quit my job and really go for it for a year. Ooh, just somebody full throttle. You this hundred thousand right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's real. You got thirty thousand work with and thirty thousand in cut. So yeah, like, you can do I that. love that. All right, Trey, it's your turn. Oh yeah. If you could move anywhere to experience a different location in the music industry, where would you move to? That's easy. Um, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, but at 12 years old, I moved to Atlanta. And um, I went down there. That's really what got me into music, because I started seeing different genres, how people was coming to music. And I realized how different I can be and take it over, take it over in Atlanta, because everybody want to be the same. So I say that I would go to Atlanta, because that's just like Black Hollywood, in my opinion. Cali, you really got to have that money. You know what I'm saying? You got to have 100000 really to spend. Like, you got to literally have that to spend money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? So with Atlanta, I feel like that's a good balance point. You can get out there and you can um, still not spend all your money. I say personally, if I had to choose somewhere, I mean, I love Atlanta. That's where my heart is at, you know? I love that place. Um, it'd probably be between there, and maybe Houston. I used to think my style was more like gaze towards the New York, but I, I don't know. I just feel like Atlanta is the spot for me. And I feel like a lot of people, just like he said, like a lot of people make the same approach or like, and I love their culture, there's no slight to them. 
But like, I don't sound anything like, you know, they know I'm an outsider when I'm there. Like, where you from? That's the first thing they ask me. So, <laughs> I just feel like I could stand out there and I'd just be doing different things, building different relationships, and it'd be easier to get vis be more visible. Yeah, honestly, I, I hate to reiterate that, but Atlanta would be my first choice. I've given that a lot of thought. I would eventually like to relocate there. Seriously, I've thought about that. Um, I think I would do really well there. I grew up in the South. I lived in Georgia for a very long time. I'm very familiar with that kind of the nature of those people. I think I would flourish there. They have a great jazz scene. They've got a beautiful R&B scene, beautiful hip hop. I could do everything to the best of my ability in that community, I feel like. That's awesome because I'm already thinking you guys could probably tour together one day. Right. Since we'll you all want to go to the same place. Now, me personally, it is, and this is not to say we couldn't all work, we can't all work together, <laughs> but I would go to Nashville because that is where rock and roll legends are made, and I also play rock music. Yes. Yes, and I also like the venues there. And it just seems like a great place to be as a sound engineer as well. I think I could pick stuff up. Also, yeah. I just love being home. I just love being here where I'm from. So that's not too far away. But I appreciate you guys saying Atlanta because that just makes me even more like curious about it and just want to, want to check out their music scene more and more. Even though I always hear great things about Atlanta. They're taking over the music scene. Like Atlanta, they got every top 10 artist, they got them all in Atlanta from Atlanta. Yeah, the they South, New York gave that torch up in 2005, yeah. and Atlanta, they never, they never dropped they never it. They never back, they got it. They never dropped it. That's I nice. love it. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate y'all being here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you follow Gig Merge on Instagram and um, Facebook, and also make sure you like and subscribe um, to our YouTube page, comment. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you guys next time. See y'all. Gig merch, when gigs merge, acrobatic crafty when I flip words. Gig merch, when gigs merge, everlasting passion when I give words. Gig merch, when gigs merge, let me show you what it do.